0: So today, a Thanksgiving special. (laughs) So I want to explore the theme of gratitude. Last week, we looked at the theme of uh, generosity. And uh, most of us agreed to be guided for the week by looking for opportunities to practice generosity and to take that as a a practice and an investigation. And that's very much the spirit also that will look at gratitude, that uh, these are practices that we can do. These are wonderful qualities, but these are uh, first and foremost practices that we first have an understanding of the nature of generosity and the nature of uh, gratitude. And then we incline in various ways through working with intention, through particular practices with which to uh, develop these qualities of generosity and gratitude, and today particularly focusing on gratitude. And we do this in the sense of practice, meaning that it's not simply the linear production of generosity or gratitude that occurs, but rather we incline in that direction and different things come up. Different things come up of, uh, I don't want to be generous, or the generosity is imperfect, or it comes with strings attached, or we see uh, the, my intention to be generous now actually doesn't. It, uh, it's connected with, m- with my own tendency not to take care of myself. And I don't, and I actually, I don't want to follow that right, right now. And so it's very much an investigation and the same thing, uh, the same thing with gratitude. And of course they're, they're very connected uh, in that uh, often we feel gratitude because of the generosity of others, or because of uh, The what we might call the generosity of life, or of circumstances, or of the earth. And in connection with that gratitude, we may want to, in ourselves, be generous. So there's a sense, can be the sense, with both of these qualities, of a greater sense of interdependence, a greater sense of belonging. But I do want to keep on emphasizing that these are practices, these are not just, okay, here's this wonderful quality, go out and manifest it. End of story, right? That these are like all of our ways that we try to cultivate qualities like compassion, or loving-kindness, or mindfulness, uh, or wisdom, or courage, or equanimity, uh, or skillful action. All of these uh, capacities uh need development and need need training. And in the process of that training, they're gonna there's gonna be all sorts of learning. Oh, this is what I do. Oh, this is why I feel tight about generosity. Oh, this is what comes up with gratitude. Or I don't I certainly don't feel grateful about that. <laughs> you know? Uh and that's why the whole spirit is that of uh Uh, intention to cultivate a given quality, practices that help us cultivate the qualities, investigation, seeing what comes up, seeing what's there, and continuation, knowing that these are all uh, developmental processes, that they take time, in other words, and that uh, we should expect there to be uh, different... uh, different ways that we learn, that we see, and so forth. You know, I I was practicing generosity in driving here this morning. I remember at one moment I said, do I really want to be generous with that rude driver? (laughs) And at that moment, uh, you know, I noticed the thought, (laughs) and there was a little bit of reactivity, and then I said, yes. Okay, so I will, you know, forgive you on the spot, and <laughs> and back off a little, right? And and the, the, I think this is this is part of what happens when we when we develop these qualities. We may not always like what's happening. We may, our minds may go different places, but we, we keep investigating and practicing. This is the heart of this is the heart of what this is why we call it practice. This is not simply uh, instrumental action where you know where you where we just say do this and it's like. Um, I don't know, uh, repairing a faucet or something. I thought of that because I had a faucet repaired yesterday. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, gratitude is connected with generosity. And it can be gratitude for being part of this cycle of receiving, and then the gratitude may spark one to, to give. Um, For many, it's right at the heart of our practice and of spirituality. This this is from Thomas Merton speaking in more uh, Christian language. My own personal task is not that simply of poet and writer, still less pseudo-prophet. It is basically to praise God out of an inner center of silence, gratitude, and awareness. This can be realized in a life that apparently accomplishes nothing. Without centering on accomplishment or non-accomplishment, my task is simply the breathing of this gratitude from day to day, in simplicity and for the rest, turning my hand to whatever comes, work being part of praise, whether splitting logs or writing poems, or best of all, simple notes. And gratitude, entails the capacity to be able to tune in to what's positive in our lives, in a situation, and to go against the tendency that many of us have, and that many of us really grew up with, which is to focus more on the problems. Does anyone have conditioning that makes you tend to focus more on problems? (laughs) Even if you've worked with it? I certainly uh, did focus more on the problems, you know, the old glass-half-empty approach, <laughs> you know. And the, so the cultivation of gratitude as a practice is wonderful for anyone who tends to focus on the problems or anyone who tends to be judgmental or aversive which is a large percentage of us, right, have some of that tendency. So gratitude is a wonderful practice. And what I have found is that the development of gratitude does not at all uh, influence my capacity to identify and respond to problems. It just gives me another tool so that I have more than one tool, like the tool of seeing problems and fixing them. Uh, and so, very valuable. And again, it's an important point that we'll look at when we look at further at gratitude, that gratitude can go hand in hand with recognizing difficulties, problems, and responding to them. It's not being, as it were, poly ish in the negative sense of that. But so again, uh, we'll be on the lookout as we as we talk about gratitude as a practice much like we did with generosity we want to be on the lookout for what are some ways that there can be distortions in our gratitude practice and one distortion would be to use gratitude as an excuse not to look at a problem that would might be a distortion that's what we call being Pollyanna It's only looking at the positive using that as a reason Often coming out of aversion not to look at what's difficult, you know, in our own lives, in the world, whatever. And so gratitude, again, the mature gratitude goes hand in hand with response and action. Right? so that's interesting, isn't it? But on the you know in the process, we learn to hang out in the space of gratitude, especially if we if we're not so not so used to that. <coughs> it's also I think expresses our uh, sort of maturity in that it's very much about being connected, about feeling that we belong, that we're, in a, in a sense, again, part of the cycles of giving and receiving. You know, this the sense of gratitude is that I have received something wonderful from others, so I am not so separate. Right? You know, whatever, wherever we receive what is beautiful or wonderful, there can be a sense of belonging and there's um there's another uh actually another Christian or Catholic monk who's been a person who's who's written a lot and spoken a lot on gratitude many maybe many of you know who's i think now in his uh, mid or late eighties uh, brother David Steindelrost and how many people have met him or know of him yeah He's lived for a long time down near Big Sur in, I think, uh, Cromaldolese Monastery. And I've met him a number of times, and he, he, like Merton, I think, takes gratitude as a core practice. And He's written uh, beautiful books. I think uh, his main book is called Gratefulness. And he says this, he, he links uh, gratitude to belonging. He says, why do I call that wild joy of belonging, Gratefulness? because it is our full appreciation of something undeserved, utterly gratuitous, life, existence, ultimate belonging. And this is the literal meaning of gratefulness. In a moment of gratefulness, you do not discriminate. You fully accept the whole of this given universe as you are fully one with the whole. Gratitude springs from a recognition of interdependence, that something good has come to me from another person, that it is freely given to me. The moment this recognition dawns on me, gratitude spontaneously dawns in my heart. You can feel either grateful or alienated, but never both at the same time. Gratefulness drives out alienation. There is not room for both in the same heart. When you are grateful, you know that you belong to a network of give and take, and you say yes to that belonging. it's actually a very deep quality. There's the wisdom aspect of knowing interdependence, there is the heart resonance. Um, the uh, German sociologist, uh, Georg Simmel, who, who wrote around the turn of the century in uh, from the 19th to the 20th, he said the more the he said, the gratitude is the moral memory of humanity. Interesting, the moral memory of humanity, the memory of our Moral interconnection. And there's a beautiful sense of that uh, gratitude in in the Buddhist tradition as well. The Buddha Buddha said this, uh, These two people are hard to find in the world. Which two? The one who is first to do a kindness, and then the one who is grateful and thankful for a kindness done. So there's that sense of the link between gratitude and kindness. We receive a kind of kindness and we, uh, and we can feel grateful in response. You know, that there is this link between the sense of belonging, the sense of interdependence, and the way that that's woven with kindness. And we'll, we'll, we'll explore that uh, in different ways. And of course, we can, do gra- we can have gratitude for many aspects of life. And one of the main ways that we can do gratitude practice, and I'll come back later and name maybe five or six ways that we can uh, take gratitude practice as a an everyday practice. And it's a practice, I, I do versions of gratitude practice four times a day just for short time, like a minute or two. And at times I've done like a 10-minute practice for every day, I think for one period for six months. right? And they're very simple. So one way to do gratitude practice is simply to reflect, or even what I did was I just wrote down on a list what I'm really grateful for in my life. You know, I wrote down uh, aspects of gratitude about my, uh, my parents, my uh, think good things that have happened, friends, being connected with... Uh, inner work, and the sense of the Dharma, and so forth, being born at this time, you know, and so forth. And wrote down a list, some of them were personal, some of them were more general. And I think I had 10 or 12 things on my list, and I wrote them down, it's very personal. And then each morning, I would just read them, read over them, and see how they resonated. Some very simple practice. and. And you could uh, you could do that. You could just have that list, look them over, do that for ten minutes a day. That will develop gratitude, with all of, all of the, the benefits, you know. And it's interesting. There's a lot of research lately on gratitude, and it's said that there are many many benefits. There's a, one of the major researchers on uh, gratitude is at UC Davis. I think name let uh, me name Robert Emmons. Let me see if I can find the yeah. Uh, Robert Emmons is one of the major researchers, and they find that people who have a daily gratitude practice, they exercise more regularly. (laughs) So, (laughs) I I can't say that I found that during my six-month period. I already exercised a fair amount, but this is what they found. I mean, maybe it's because there's a sense of care and there's maybe the sense of self-care is there in a stronger way. So, but this is the research shows. People who, who keep regular gratitude journals exercise more regularly, have fewer symptoms of illness, and felt better about their lives generally than those who don't keep gratitude uh, journals. Um, so, all. Another benefit was that people who kept gratitude lists were more likely to have made progress towards important personal goals. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't necessarily expect that, but this is what the research showed. Um, A daily gratitude uh, practice done with young adults resulted in higher reported levels of alertness, enthusiasm, determination, attentiveness, and energy uh, compared to a focus on hassles, which you would expect, right? that they tended to focus a little bit more on the positive and not be so consumed by focusing on hassles. Or, this was the technical term used in the research. (laughs) Or on what was called downward social comparison. (laughs) And uh, people who participated in daily gratitude practice were more likely to report having helped someone with a personal problem. Right, so that's that is contemporary research, uh, and here's in a sample of adults with neuromuscular disease, a 21-day gratitude intervention resulted in greater amounts of high energy, positive moods, a greater sense of feeling connected to others, more optimistic ratings of one's life, and better sleep duration and sleep quality, which would makes a certain amount of sense, right? That for people with with a with the difficulty, in this case with a disease, that they'd be more able not to get stuck just being preoccupied with the negative, right? And there is the negative, right? But they were able to not get stuck in that to the point where it would take over, would be my interpretation, right? And so this is part of the benefit benefit of gratitude. And then there's the research. So mm-hmm. at the end, we'll offer an opportunity to do uh, the next week at least, uh, with gratitude practice, but we won't, we won't study you, <laughs> but we'll, we'll see what, see what we report back. So there can be gratitude for many aspects of our lives. We can have, you know, gratitude for, uh, for the earth, and the original Thanksgiving holiday was very, was a, was having gratitude for the, the harvest, right? That was what the, the, Thanksgiving holiday was, and it you know it seems to have come from the English tradition of harvest festivals, which goes goes back many many hundreds of years. And harvest festivals are pretty universal; that they're thanks, something like a Thanksgiving uh, harvest festival, is there in many, many many cultures. And of course, you know our celebrating of uh, Thanksgiving you know has complexities such as the fact that you know in the, sto- in the story. The 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 native people shared food with the pilgrims, and of course, within a generation or two, they were wiped out. Right. So, we know there's also the uh, celebration that takes place around here on Alcatraz Island, which is sometimes called the Un-Thanksgiving Day, or you know, more positively, indigenous people's uh, sunrise ceremony, where where there's uh, where there is acknowledgement of what's happened and, and trying to you know, bring the positive in that. So, it's complex to celebrate Thanksgiving and, you know, again, uh, hopefully we can have a gratitude that acknowledges the problems or the or the concerns. This is from uh, Gary Snyder, a poem, which is really about gratitude for the Earth. And, and this is one of the main areas we can have gratitude in relation to. This is actually uh, developed in uh, after his uh, study of a Mohawk prayer. So this is, this is called Prayer for the Great Family. Gary Snyder, the California poet. Gratitude to Mother Earth, sailing through night and day, and to her soil, rich, rare, and sweet, in our minds, so be it. Gratitude to plants, the sun-facing, light-changing leaf, and fine root hair, standing still through wind and rain, their dance is in the flowering spiral grain. In our minds, so be it. Gratitude to air bearing the soaring swift and silent owl at dawn. Breath of our song, clear spirit, breeze. In our minds, so be it. Gratitude to wild beings. Our brothers teaching secrets, freedoms and ways, who share with us their milk. Self-complete, brave and aware. In our minds, so be it. Gratitude to water. Clouds, lakes, rivers, glaciers, holding or releasing, streaming through all our bodies, salty seas, in our minds, so be it. Gratitude to the sun, blinding, pulsing light through trunks of trees, through mist, warming caves where bears and snakes sleep. He who wakes us, in our minds, so be it. Gratitude to the great sky who holds billions of stars and goes yet beyond that, beyond all powers and thoughts, and yet is within us. Grandfather's space, the mind is his wife, so be it. So, gratitude can really stay with that. We can stay, in in a sense, with this uh, miracle, you know, just to reflect on the miracle of the creation. You know, that, you know, I think, what was it, some 15 billion years ago, there was a big bang, right? And I think the, the, you know, what actually happened was uh, very, very miraculous. There was this big bang 15 billion years ago. And uh, at that time, there was nothing. And even nothing doesn't really say what there was. <laughs> According to the scientists, there was no time, no space, no matter, no life. and then. A split second after the Big Bang, there was something. (laughs) I mean, this is something to be grateful for. (laughs) A tenth of a millionth of a millionth of a trillionth of a trillionth of a second later, the heat of the Big Bang uh, cooled off to a hundred million trillion trillion degrees. Cool enough so that something which had never been before, the force of gravity, started to emerge. After that, not much happened for the next 10 to the minus 34th power seconds. In other words, a very small portion of a second, nothing happened, and there was a cooling down period for that split, 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 split second. And then further, uh, there was enough cooling so that electrons and quarks appeared. Now, can you have a sense of gratitude that this actually ever happened? You, we would not be here without that's this uh, unfathomable process, right? And there was, uh, at that time, there was an equal amount of antimatter and matter. They were both there, and there were all sorts of physical forces starting to develop That's ca- that are called in physics the strong force, the weak force, the electromagnetic force, the and again, in the next few split seconds, all sorts of things took place. Probably more happened then than has happened since, just in a few split seconds. And there was um, the equilibrium, which ha- existed for a while between matter and antimatter, shifted, and matter gained the upper hand. Right? And something came into, something came into being, and. Matter and antimatter moved out of balance and collided. This produced light. Light appeared, right? And there was um, some kind of primordial, what uh, Norman Fisher once called a primordial cosmic glow, appeared. And this destroyed almost all of the antimatter. About a minute after that the neutrons and protons began coalescing to form heavier nuclei and helium, lithium and hydrogen formed. The temperature cooled down quite a bit more to about a billion degrees. (laughs) Okay. About 300,000 years later with the temperature now it was only 3,000 degrees. Atoms were created. Right? And Imagine the story goes on. A billion years after that, atoms for started to form clouds. About two billion years later, matter coalesced into stars. Three billion years later, the Earth formed. And still, billions or millions of years later, life came, consciousness came. There can be gratitude towards that we are part of this process. I think gratitude involves not taking things for granted, right? You can contemplate the Big Bang and the creation of things. Isn't it pretty amazing? Can you feel some gratitude that this process actually occurred and not be preoccupied with Black Friday? <laughs> right. right. So we can be grateful. You know, We can be grateful for... The Earth, for the creation, for what's happened, and the amazement—we can really be linked with a kind of radical awe and amazement at being part of this process. I again, mean, gratitude entails tuning into that. Some, again, this this is a practice, so we can actually, you know, look up at the stars and re- maybe remember that process, or just be with a, be with a tree and have a sense of the evolutionary process and have gratitude because there's clearly. You know, uh, this opens to a sense of wonder, right? Gratitude can be connected with wonder, with awe, with amazement. And the practice of gratitude means opening up to that more. We can be grateful for what's there in the human family, for what was positive with our ancestors, with our family, with what we learned, with our teachers, with our mentors, with our communities, with our country, you know and really tune into what's beautiful and positive. Gratitude can can go there. Again, it can be hand in hand knowing what wasn't so good about each of these aspects, right? If there were, you know, um, aspects of our ancestors, our family, our nation that that need work, and clearly that's always going to be the case. But gratitude can tune into the positive, not neglecting in the long run the, the problems. We can have gratitude for this amazing practice of being able to develop towards awakening. Most of us, when we were born and probably when we were um, younger, had no sense of this as a horizon, right? We live in a time when this is part of our horizon, that we can have this deep process of inner development and touch the depths of what it means to be human. We can be grateful that these practices, you know, in Buddhist tradition and other traditions, these deep contemplative practices, the ways that we can access the world's wisdom, are there for us in this culture. They have not been there for most of uh, Western culture. They have not been very accessible for a very long time. We live in a time when they're accessible. We live in a time where we have a center like Spirit Rock, where we can practice. You know, when I was first practicing in the 1970s, I would meet people who were trying to practice on their own, who had learned, maybe started in the 1940s or 50s. And a lot of them got lost. They did not have support. They did not have good teachers. And they suffered, right? And we have have these resources. We can be grateful for that. You know, very, very amazing. You know, in whatever way you, you feel that gratitude, we can be grateful for our own mentors and teachers and those who have been there for us in challenging times or given, given us guidance. In many ways, to practice <clears throat> gratitude goes somewhat against the culture, right? Where there can be that emphasis on on fixing problems, or even of not of of really not expressing so much gratitude or appreciation. You know, I know, even in some of the groups I've been part of, uh, it's been incredibly helpful sometimes to do like a circle where we express gratitude towards something that exists in the group or organization, and or could be family, and express that openly, or express appreciation of others. Right? And it changes everything because most of our workspaces are, are very fast-paced, right? And how often do we just stop and express appreciation or let the person we're working with know, I really appreciate you know, these qualities of you. It doesn't mean we have to like everything about the person, but we can express that appreciation. And that can be, that can be very, very significant. And um, very importantly, gratitude can also be there in uh, in the face of difficulties. It can be something that acknowledges difficulties. And when, I think when gratitude is developed to a high degree, it can be there even with the challenges, you know, even as we're working, as we have more and more uh, sense that we can take all of our, all of what's happening in our lives as learning. You know, that everything is as the, uh, Tibetans would say, everything is there, even the obstacles are part of our practice, right? That we can frame it like that. As we get more experience like that, we can have that approach even, even in the midst of difficulties. This is a, what I find a powerful poem by uh, W.S. Merwin. This is called, Listen, and this is about that sense of gratitude being there even when things are difficult. With the night falling, we are saying thank you. We are stopping on the bridge to bow from the railings. We are running out of the glass rooms with our mouths full of food to look at the sky and say thank you. We are standing by the water looking out in different directions. Back from a series of hospitals, back from a mugging, after funerals, we are saying thank you. After the news of the dead, whether or not we knew them, we are saying thank you. In a culture up to its chin in shame, living in the stench it has chosen, we are saying thank you. Over telephones, we are saying thank you. In doorways and in the backs of cars and in elevators, remembering wars, and the police at the back door and the beatings on stairs, we are saying thank you. In the banks that use us, we are saying thank you. With the crooks in office, with the rich and fashionable, unchanged, we go on saying, thank you, thank you. With the animals dying around us, our lost feelings, we are saying, thank you. With the forests falling faster than the minutes of our lives, we are saying, thank you. With the world, words going out like cells of a brain, with the cities growing over us like the earth, we are saying, thank you, faster and faster. With nobody listening, we are saying, thank you, we are saying, thank you. And waving, dark though it is. Listen, the author is W. S. Merwin. Excuse me, when? When? Yeah. Is it recent or? I think not so. Not uh, in the last five or ten years. I don't. I don't know for sure. Yeah. My guess, it was probably in the 70s or 80s, is my guess. So how to practice gratitude? A number of different ways that we can actually practice. I mentioned the one way of drawing up a list uh, and writing it down, having it on a piece of paper, and looking at that every day for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And that, uh, that's wonderful. That's a wonderful, simple practice to develop gratitude. Um, Another practice would be simply, sometimes several times a day, and this is the practice I do, I simply call up and ask, what am I grateful for right now? And usually it's not, you know, the bigger things. When I do the list, it's like the bigger things in my life or in the world. A second way is just to see, what am I grateful for right now? I'm grateful that it's a beautiful day. I'm grateful that I slept well. I'm grateful that I'll be with this friend later. You know, it could be very, very simple. But we tune into that sense of gratitude. And uh, doing that several times a day can be very helpful. We can also, uh, a third kind of practice, we can really actually just be with something in in our lives and tune into gratitude, you know. And one way of doing that is taking very simple objects and just being with them. I can be with this paperclip and tune into the paperclip, maybe feel it, look at it for a minute or two. And then I can express gratitude for this paperclip, right? That this paper clip is here to keep my papers together so that they can stay in order so that I can not be on page 7 when I want to be on page 5 in my notes and not be out of order. Although, sometimes being out of order is fun. <laughs> and so we could, we could actually just stay with this or I can reflect uh, gratitude towards the bell. And very simple. This is very much in the spirit of some forms of practice. You may know in Zen practice There's often a bowing to one's cushion in the act of practice. And this is, this kind of gratitude for small things can be very wonderful. And again, it tunes us in to the fact that we're in this web of interdependence, right? That's what this tells me, someone made this paperclip. Someone invented the paperclip, I have no idea when. You know, and someone manufactured it, I was able to get it at a reasonable price. And here it is. You know, or I can do it with the clock, or I can do it with my, um, my jacket, which, which uh, was a gift. Uh, you know, and I can uh, tune into gratitude for these very small things, for just something that's there in my life, or I can be grateful for this meal or this encounter. And I can just tune in. Again, we're talking about tuning in for a minute or two or three. And again, this is not at all to say, I should only be grateful. Again, we want to have the full spectrum of responses, including to problems and so forth, but this is to strengthen the gratitude muscle, so to speak, or strengthen the capacity. You know, another uh, practice would be to find a person, this is something I think Sylvia did for quite some time, find a person and by email, share one thing you're grateful for by email every day with this one person. Have a gratitude buddy, right? And it becomes a daily practice, and a lot of this is just by, you know, like just by the remembering of gratitude on a daily basis, it'll be more, <clears throat> more active at other times in our lives. It can be, <clears throat> it can be more there. Another uh, practice we might do is actually communicate uh, with someone with whom we feel gratitude. Write a letter. There, you know, there's, I think, a lot of gratitude that we have, which has not been fully expressed, and you know, we might be grateful for this person who helped in this circumstance, or for people in our lives. And again, the intention is just to work with, is to work with um, these, uh, the cultivation of the qua- these qualities. As with the practice of generosity, or the practice of loving-kindness, or really any of these qualities, there are distortions. I mentioned earlier, one distortion with gratitude would be to use gratitude as a, kind of to get overly attached to it, so we use it as a reason not to deal with what's uh, difficult. That could be a distortion, right? You know, and again, we call this sometimes being Pollyanna-ish, it's only focusing on the positive, or using the focus on the positive as a means of denial of what's there. That could be, that could be a distortion. Uh, another would be to practice gratitude and somehow not tune into the feeling, but do it because we think it's a good idea. Because the essence of gratitude is somehow touching something that moves in the heart, that really feels, that, that gets touched, and then we, then we express that. Let me end with uh, uh, one short reading and then one longer reading, okay? The short reading is from, uh, again, I seem to be quoting from uh, Christian sources a lot. This is from Meister Eckhart, the 13th century mystic. He said, if the only prayer you said in your whole life was thank you, that would suffice. That would be enough. And then I'll close with, uh, the reading of an entire book, <laughs> <laughs> which I usually don't do. But this is a book that I can read fairly briefly. This is one of my favorite books. I read it here periodically. This is uh, called St. Francis Preaches to the Birds. And this was developed by uh, Peter Schumann, who is the founder of the uh, Bread and Puppet Theater. So many of you are based in Vermont, which is a great group that I used to go to their gatherings a lot, which Connects art and politics and spirituality. So this is Saint Francis. This is about gratitude, so I'll show you the pictures. Okay? This is Saint Francis. It's 5 a.m. Wake up, Saint Francis. He opens the window and sings. Tra la la. <laughs> he brushes his teeth and says, Thank you, teeth. <laughs> Little bit of anachronism here. But, okay. He washes his toes and says, Thank you, toes. He gets milk. He drinks his coffee and says, Thank you, coffee. He goes through the town, through the apple orchard, over the pasture, and up the hill. And the birds come flying, 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 (laughs) flying, flying, flying. Then St. Francis preaches to the birds. Until the sun sets. Yes. Until the sun sets. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) It's (laughs) like birds in the tank bay. So may our gratitude practice uh, be inspired by St. Francis and by uh, other, other exemplars. Um, so please, any questions, or reflections, or comments? Please. Who, um, put together that piece on, um, the Big Bang Theory? Oh. <coughs> Did you do that? No, I actually got that from, uh, a talk, th- uh, that I, uh, Read about from Norman Fisher. Oh, yeah, that's great. Could you possibly put that on the to send that to? to send it out yeah, I could send I that to that. the uh, Wednesday list. Yeah. Yeah. It really yeah. I could also send the the, the the poem by Merwin. Yeah. Yeah. and anyone who would like to be on that list can. Who who do we who is the holder of that? Anyone? Um, is the list around? Yeah. Anyway, come up afterwards. Maybe put your. Put your name on a list and we can get you. There's a fairly infrequent listserv for the Wednesday group. And we I, I could post the Big Bang story and also the, the uh, poem by Merwin. And also the poem by Gary Snyder. Also the poem by Gary Snyder. Why are you up? <laughs> 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 okay. A lot of work ahead of you. <laughs> okay. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll devote... Uh, I'll devote Friday or Saturday to this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Back, Excuse me. No, I'm just, okay. I'm just. So other other reflections, or maybe maybe some of you have ways of doing gratitude practice yourself. Sort of what might be interesting is to hear other ways of doing gratitude practice, and also maybe I wasn't so I didn't I wasn't so full on some of the challenges of gratitude practice. And if you've done them, you might want to mention those. You know what? Because again. All of this, like generosity practice, gratitude practice, all of these practices, um, they're not just straightforward where we suddenly beca- begin a fuse in gratitude, right? Things come up. We often call these kind of heart practices purification practices, because things come up where things are, you know, uh, we come up against, oh, I actually don't feel so grateful, or I can't be grateful because that really hurts. Something in my life really hurts there. And, you know that might be calling for attention. Yeah, so that's that's also interesting. So other reflections, questions, please. It was uh, Bram. Yeah. yeah. I watched a documentary recently, and they mentioned. Uh, they mentioned that even doing a gratitude list once a week had a really profound effect. Yeah. So, um, I try to do it twice a week. Yeah. But it's just something. If people feel uh, intimidated by the idea of doing it daily. Yeah. Even weekly is. Uh, Really, going to make a big difference. It's just really to, yeah, thank you, Bram, to get it in the system so it's circulating. It's a little bit like maybe exercise every day is good, but a few times a week is good too. <laughs> and yeah, and it's interesting, uh, you know, I teach a lot on the theme of transforming the judgmental mind. And for people with the tendencies towards the judgmental mind, gratitude practice really gets somewhat at the root of of, uh, that tendency to um, go for the the difficult or the negative. Thank you. Uh, Marty, please. I find maintaining a sense of balance uh, is so important. Um, particularly for me I find getting enough sleep Mm -hmm. if I haven't had enough sleep then it's so easy to fall into patterns of feeling um, tight and constricted and Mm -hmm. then judgmental of myself that Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling grateful or generous Mm -hmm. and a little sleep and it transforms everything so balance is a A big factor yeah yeah so great point balance and actually feeling um, physically more or less balanced that if there's some part of one's experience which is has unpleasant sensations let's say or slightly unpleasant maybe a little bit tired right slightly unpleasant sensations that can be that that uh, has an effect on one's general mood and it's uh, it's harder to have that sense of gratitude. It's not, of course, it's very possible. You know, a lot of this is the how we hold things. I, I remember, there was, I had this one experience in the middle of a retreat. It was, it was a longer retreat. And I woke up um, one morning, and I hadn't slept well, and I was irritable. And um, a few other things weren't going right as well, which I don't remember now, but I remember it was like multiple, multiple forces of negativity were arraigning themselves, if that's a word. <laughs> and, and at that, because I was in a practice situation, which I loved deeply, I remember being very surprised by, by the fact that All these things weren't going well, my body didn't feel well, my mind was irritable, it wasn't really doing well, and I felt so grateful and contented. It was very striking at that moment because, you know, uh, maybe not being so strongly in that retreat container, it wouldn't have happened in that way, but it said, oh, this is possible, right? I can actually, with a certain perspective, I can have that quality of gratitude and contentedness because I'm grounded in something deeper. I'm grounded in something deeper, maybe in that sense of, like, just really in my the basic awareness. Basic awareness and clarity about what's important, right? So that's, that's a horizon, you know. Obviously, I don't experience that all the time, but having had that experience is very important. It really is like a beacon. It can rem- keep reminding me. Please. Uh, Ann and, okay, did you have one too, Ann? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. I just want to share that I do gratitude practice when I take a shower and it makes it automatic for me. And I'm experiencing a lot of gratitude to be in this class. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I can just comment that the fact of doing gratitude practice with an everyday activity is very, I, I think, very skillful because a lot of what help, helps our practice on a daily basis is when we have it be somewhat ritualized or regular. I mean, we've looked at that theme before, but like you do, I don't know, you take a walk once a day after a meal and you do five or ten minutes of gratitude practice and have it be a habit so you don't have to negotiate, right? So it's just, you just do it. Right? So that's, that's a reminder of that, of that point. I, I agree, it's... Sort of uh, every time I'm out in nature, it just automatically happens. Yeah. That, that feeling of gratitude and, and uh, enjoyment of, of life itself, it's mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah, thank you. A lot of it's about slowing down, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, can I slow down and just be with the tree for a minute and tune into gratitude? Hug the tree, <laughs> yeah. Uh, please, yeah. I heard a podcast with Tavis Smiley a few years ago, oh, yeah. where he talked about his grandmother um, teaching him that every day there was a lesson and a blessing. Wow. Well, so before I go to sleep, I try to identify a lesson and a blessing. Well, and then I've added to it over the years. So um, I do a second lesson that is. More of the big picture, the, you know, having shelter or food. The first yeah. one is more of a daily thing. Um, and then I've added generosity given and received wow. and um, signs of fear in that day yeah. that inevitably the whatever I was afraid of didn't turn out to be that bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes going through all of that, I'll only get partway through it and I'll fall asleep, which is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I can think about it uh, longer, but inevitably it will put me to sleep in a positive Mind frame. Wonderful practice, right? great. Thank you. And your name again? Julie. Julie. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Tavis Smiley. Thank you, Tavis Smiley's grandmother. (laughs) Yeah. Time for one or two more if there is anyone else who would like to speak. I just had a reflection on generosity. I was traveling last week. Oh, yeah. And I had very on-and-off Wi-Fi, so I just heard the very beginning of the talk, and then it all disappeared into the ether mm. and eventually finished it later. But you were talking about traveling, and um, the idea of non-reactivity, or I guess I, I sort of called it my head, forbearance, is yeah. a kind of generosity. Um, and so I took on as my practice when we were traveling home. My partner is one of these folks who always likes to be at the airport many hours earlier and gets anxious and gets cranked up, And and I just did it. Mm-hmm. And it was really just a very interesting practice to think of generosity. It's a sort of generosity of spirit, yeah. um, or kindness. It was, it was, it was kind of profound. Yeah, just a simple profundity, right? That's that's our practice, <laughs> really. Or like like your, you know, being at night, reflecting on a lesson and the blessing, just having that simple moment of generosity when one might otherwise be reactive, right? And this is what, I think this is what makes this real on a daily basis. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, anyone else who uh, wanted to share something about generosity practice from the last week, that'd also be very welcome here. Okay, maybe last one. Yeah. Well, this is about the gratitude. Oh, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, thinking about. Um, telling people I'm grateful. Yeah, I'm thinking of one situation, and it can be generalized to pretty much everyone, where I I want to say I'm grateful, and then the shadow side comes up. Yeah. Well, but they had to do that. Yeah. Or, but I, I don't like when they do this. Um, mm-hmm. So I have to choose which side I'm going to go for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, Um, We sometimes think of gratitude practice as something that we could add to the group of practices that we call the divine abodes, the Brahma-Vihara, loving kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity. Some people have wanted to have a constitutional amendment that would make (laughs) gratitude the the fifth Brahma-Vihara. And I think, uh, you know, from anyone who's been trained in those practices know that we generally try to access the quality where it's easiest to access. So we access loving-kindness where it flows the best. We access compassion. We don't start with uh, difficult cases, but we start where it flows um, most easily. And I think it would be the same with gratitude. There would be some way, you know, to, can I be great, you know, can I go in the spirit of that uh, Merwin poem and try to be grateful for difficult things that have happened. Well, we might do that after we've already developed the gratitude in um, easier context, right? And so, you know, some, an interpersonal relationship where there's a lot of mix, right? And, I, and that might be something we do after we've worked with developing gratitude where it's not problematic or it's not a mixed or there's not a shadow situation. That might be skillful if we want to develop the gratitude. But then just to know, just like those other practices, we, you know, many of you have done loving-kindness with a difficult person, where we sit there, you know, after having worked with loving-kindness, where it really flows, like saying, may you be well, may you be happy, may your life unfold with ease. And then we get to the metta with the difficult person, we say, may you get it together so you're not so obnoxious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is obviously, we would say, um, imperfect meta, <laughs> right? And, and that, But that comes to the territory, and as we stay with it, actually that tends to shift with a difficult person. So that might be the same with gratitude practice, that we would, if we were uh, not to go most of the time or too much with something that's difficult. And I don't, I don't know whether your example, you know, on a scale of 10 where it, where it would fall, but it sounds like it's not, it might be in the middle right yeah but on the other hand but if, if it's if it's workable then then that would be good but it might be good as, as we do with these other practices maybe you start where it's flowing like with a, a tree who doesn't talk back to you <laughs> some trees do talk back so. um, okay uh, good so let me let me end with uh, two things I'm hoping that much like we did last week with the generosity practice, that many of us, including myself, would like to do a gratitude practice uh, either for the next few days or for the next week. And just just uh, intend to do it 10 minutes a day, not very much, or some small ways, you know. Um, how many would be interested in taking on gratitude practice for, for, again, you can decide on your amount, whether it's three days or A week is a nice amount of time and just do it, you know, and choose your amount I'm I'll do it five minutes a day or ten minutes a day using one of the forms which we've discussed. Okay, great. So let me invite you first to set your intention personally, just for yourself, on what you'll do in the next few days or the next week. And then we end with uh, a version of the traditional dedication of merit, which is really about acknowledging uh, our interconnection and how we practice very much for ourselves, our own well-being, but also for others. And much like the uh, gratitude practice, we acknowledge our place in an interconnected world. And may our session here, our time together, our practice, be of benefit to us. And may we also offer the benefits to others, ultimately all others, in the spirit of generosity and the spirit of gratitude.